listening to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, HugMeTees.com. Guys, as always, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Go on SoundCloud and click on the follow button. We love our followers on SoundCloud. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast, go on iTunes, Out of the Box Podcast, and click on the subscribe button and also leave us a positive comment. Positive comments are the number one thing that help the podcast get found by other listeners and um, get new subscribers. So that helps us out a lot. I am really excited. I'm here today with a special guest. He is part of an alternative living biotope project in Portugal. Martin Vignacchi. Martin, how are you? Hello. Good evening. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, we're so excited. You're actually promoting one of the founder's books. Um, is that correct? That's correct. Yes. And that book is Terra Nova? Yes, it's called Terra Nova, Global Revolution and the Healing of Love. It was just recently uh, published in uh, mid-September. Mm-hmm. And I've been touring um, the country together with some of my colleagues. We've had several events in New York, in D.C., in the West Coast. Now the tour is coming to its close. And yeah, we are continuing to promote it. That's great. Now you guys are creating kind of a post-capitalist, it's 160 people living in um, an area in Portugal, and it's totally sustainable. Is that correct? Well, it's. I wouldn't say it's It's sustainable in all its parts yet, but it's, um, it's a research and quite a comprehensive model for a sustainable culture. Of course, not all questions are solved, but it's sustainable on, on quite, quite a large level, you could say. So you guys are trying to create an environment, a new way of thinking, correct? Or are, is it like a post-apocalyptic if our society collapses type of thing? No, it's it's mainly an experiment to um, explore, to, to research and to demonstrate what a um, post-capitalist um, way of life based on trust can actually look like. So it's kind of to, to work on the basics for a future society where people can coexist in trust and um, solidarity with each other and in a healthy relation with animals and nature so that our culture is not exploiting our home, the biosphere, but um, is in a relation that is really sustainable. So it is a research on 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 the social on all on the all the various level of the of, of um, social research for the question how can people really coexist, which we find to be actually the most profound question that we have as humanity today. But it's also research on the ecological and technological levels of how to create um, systems for our human sustenance that um, not only um, are not damaging nature, but are actually regenerative and restore the damage we have done um, to the earth. So this is kind of in a very short um, overview what we're doing. And it's really the attempt to to be as holistic as possible To because we see that um, the, the, the crises that we are having on this planet right now are so interlinked, like one area is really connected with with the other and it's mm-hmm. it's it's almost impossible to just take for example the issue of of climate change i mean naomi klein in her last book she pointed it out so brilliantly that if you really want to solve climate change you need a fundamental system change and yes one could one could say this about every area of life i mean if you want to have a um, a peace culture you need to for the future you need to create a new form how children grow up or you need to have um, um, a new surrounding in which um, love and sexuality um, do not result um, result in the in repetition of the same pain over and over again, but can actually lead to the fulfillment of the longing. And so we see that everything is really connected, and that's why we try to put all these questions into a kind of small scale, you could say, society laboratory in which you can explore the parameters. Um, necessary for a form of life free of violence. And we believe that this is not just a, a pipe dream, but that's a possibility in human nature that need that needs the right surrounding in order to be awakened. 
Now, Martin, you say that this is an experiment and that this is, you know, a new way of thinking. But a lot of the research that I did on your website and looking at things that you guys are creating, it looks like not, not something new, but actually us remembering or going back to basics about things that we uh, have kind of um, moved past, but may be a better way of living. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, this is a philosophical question. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, for example, so let me give an example. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that are working with um, the agricultural movement, I, I don't know if right. you guys do this at, at Terranova, but uh, with the agricultural movement right now are going to organic and saying, well, you know, organic is the way and, and, mm -hmm. and GMOs. Well, organic is just the basic way that we used to farm before. So it's right. not really right. discovering something new. It's just going back to what we let go of but actually worked all along or crop rotation instead of this factory farming so those type of things it looks like it looked like a lot of things you guys were doing um and not to take away from the amazing work mm. that you're doing but is not actually new but it's just us as a humanity remembering what we used to do that work that for some reason we thought wasn't good enough <laughs> right i mean i think in many ways you're true and also i'm, I'm laughing about it because it's also a kind of a philosophical discourse we have inside our community where um, I mean, especially there are, um, you know, one of the co-founders, Sabine Lichtenfels, she has explored um, some of the uh, matriarchal peace cultures that existed even before patriarchy yes. that embodied uh, much of the knowledge that we are trying to bring back. And she speaks of a somewhat of a primordial utopia um, that was alive many, many thousands of years ago in, in those cultures, and that this is somewhat of a role model for the kind of renewal and um, remembrance that is necessary now in order to to really over like um, escape from the from the consequences, the catastrophic consequences of this unhealthy way of life in our societies. So it's interesting, and still I think it's also. It's also new in, in, in a sense. And if I speak about the, um, the tension between having matriarchal and patriarchal cultures, then in some ways we can also see that today, um, as uh, this patriarchal era comes to a close, that it's not about having either matriarchy or patriarchy, but really creating a culture of partnership where the, where the masculine and the feminine energies are really um, in balance and and cooperation. And in some way, this is new. I think what you're saying is very, very, very important, because I think that a lot of people see the masculine and the feminine as contradicting each other, and not realizing that as humans, we all have not only both inside of us, but there's strengths to both. Right. Yeah. And this uh, is, yeah. And I think this is so much of the, I mean, this is so much of the work that we are doing um, at Tamara. I mean, I said that the deepest question for us is the question, how do people actually live together and when you go to the core of it you come very strongly to the question how can we end this historic war between man and woman and how can the, um, the masculine and the feminine these two primal powers really find a level where um, the conflict and the violence is transformed into cooperation and uh, mutual empowerment um, you mentioned Tamara. So everyone that's listening, your website is Tamara.org. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. And we'll have that listed on the website. So you guys uh, who are listening at home can go online and check out this this wonderful new um, experiment that they're doing. And I, I noticed that you said it's kind of um, on a small scale and you guys are hoping to kind of make um, a model that's rep. Uh, repeatable in different parts of the world and, and whoever wants to recreate it, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, maybe I can explain this a bit. So Dieter Doom, um, who is also the author of this new book, Terra Nova, that we are promoting, he was um, active in the 1968 student movement in Germany in the anti-imperialist struggle of the, of the left. And in this time, um, he came up with this idea that it's necessary to actually fuse the uh, struggle for um, revolutionizing the political and economic structures with the transformation of that which is inside people as, mm -hmm. um, you know, the structures of fear, the 
the, the structures of um, oppression, the authoritarian character, and so on. And, and um, from this point, actually, he was working on a, on a concept to understand how it could be possible to actually create a power of peace that could really measure up to and finally overcome um, the imperialistic violence um, that is destroying the planet. And so um, later, the more um, this new model, um, this holistic model um, came into sight, also a political theory developed, which is kind of uh, a synopsis of many holistic sciences and wisdom that has been taught by many spiritual traditions over hundreds and thousands of years um, that spoke of that which connects us all beyond um, the very um, tangible forms of connection through communication systems or speaking to people in our direct environment. And um, so he, ref he referred to that which uh, Jung, for example, called the, sub um, the collective subconscious or which um, in the Indian tradition is called the invisible substance, or which Rupert Shedder calls the morphogenetic field. So um, there is something that connects us with all people and all animals and everything that happens on this planet on a much more fundamental and subtle level than we can usually perceive. And so there is, there are um, energies um, of, of universal and collective um, dimension which steer a lot of our behavior. And so the idea was um, that um, if it's possible to create on a few places on earth um, a way of life that is fully um, freed from violence, that is that fully corresponds to a much more um, universal um, matrix of life, then this could um, create something could create like a wave in this um, in this um, collective subconscious, you could say, and um, create an impulse on all places where people actually want to orient themselves in this direction. So it would not be something where we would go out to be missionaries for a new culture or something, but it would pop up almost naturally as just as, you know, when when spring comes, you have flowers popping out everywhere because it's just um, as who... Uh, Victor Hugo said, "Nothing is more powerful than, than an idea whose time has come." So this was this is the idea to kind of collaborate in the process of evolution. I think you're talking about an a raising of an awareness or uh, or a hiring of consciousness, or maybe an evolution of humanity, mm -hmm. or uh, maybe devolution if um, we're just going back to our basics, and but maybe a higher level of our basics, but. Um, I wanted to address something that you said because, you know, maybe some of the listeners are listening and they started getting spaced out thinking, okay, he's talking about some spiritual stuff. I don't know what's going on. And I totally got what you were saying, Martin. Um, but you're not talking about some type of religion. No, and, no. And so that's important for me to point out for the listeners to understand that, you know, because they might hear some type of spiritual energy, whatever, and say, okay, this guy's doesn't know what he's talking about but you're Crazy. not talking yeah. <laughs> about a specific religion no you're talking about something that actually we're scientifically now there's proof that we are programmed for this because you talked about the communicating and the connection between people we actually have these mirror neurons that allow us to experience empathy compassion other emotions that have no quote-unquote evolutionary um benefit Mm -hmm. that science can find except for <laughs> that we are connected right so um i want to put that out there for some of the listeners who may have thought that you were talking it can be spiritual but mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be is that correct it's correct and also i mean it's really not that um you know that we are pursuing a certain religion it's this is it, this is not um this is not the focus at all but there is um something where we have to find back um, in our, you know, in the, in the process that we are finding ourselves as humanity, we have to find back to, uh, to a certain connection with life, life um, in ourselves 
life in the connection with with um, with children, with uh, with nature, with animals. Our culture is so much based on a on 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 a closed heart and on a sense of separation in all areas. And so and so of course there is also a spiritual component that happens when we are connected with with um, nature and with with our own truths and our own longings again. But this is not any religion of <laughs> of of what we have known so so far. Yes, yes, so and is, I, yeah. I I totally agree with you. I just wanted to make a distinction yeah, for listeners sure. who may have heard the word spiritual and then kind of got off <laughs> mentally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that understandable, can be... <laughs> very understandable. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you guys are trying to get the, to the root of what it means to be a human, really our humanity. Mm, correct. Yeah. And that, you know, uh, I think actually many parts of religion have taken that away because it creates conflict when people have a belief that your belief is different than my belief instead of that we all are similar um, because of our connection to each other and the life energy that flows through us and all those other great things that you talked about. Right, and I mean, when you now, as we are speaking about religion, um, I can I could also say that I think many religions, especially the you know the big monotheistic ones that we know, they were founded by people who actually had this um, moment of insight into into, yes. into reality. And what happened later was that um, dogmatic systems were um, established around it. I mean, take Christianity. Jesus was a revolutionary. He was a he was somebody who wanted to free people and take them out of the constraints of all these um, tight um, and un- oppressive and violent systems. And then uh, what was done was that an organization was created that was cruel beyond compare. And so, um, and, and so it's it is interesting to speak of religion in that sense because. Um, in, in many ways, religion did exactly the opposite of what it um, pretended. It pretended that it brings um, that it, it shows a way to connect people to God, but in reality, um, religion, in the form of the church, for example, it was an institution to make sure that people are separated from yes. from the divine and separated from their um, erotic longings and and truth. And and these both things um, were kind of um, preconditions in order to make people governable. And so this is actually what we are. What this is a lot of the things that we are finding today that we are that that all these oppressions and and violations that happened to to um, to our ancestors that happened in history. Um, I mean today we know that. Through epigenetics, that those things are are stored in our DNA as a as a genetic memory, and so we we when as we are as we are working on on creating social structures of based on truth, based on solidarity, we find ourselves often confronting exactly this historic trauma, um, and so this is those are exactly the things that we are actually that we are actually today working with to transform in order to open a pathway for a future where we are not repeating these old structures as it happened in so many um, attempts where people try to create um, utopia on earth, where they try to create um, socialism, let's say, and where they just repeated um, the power structures of the old system. And so it's, it's, it is kind of inside ourselves and um, in our, our relation to others, we find all the stuff that um, makes the world look as it looks today. And so this is kind of the attempt to create um, models of community where this kind of transformation can take place of um, um, basically you could say from fear to trust, from the structures of of, um, of fear to a, to a life where you can fully say, I, I am able to trust my fellows and life around me. Because that is actually the natural order of the universe. You know, um, we live in a currently falsified system of supply and demand that says that there's a scarcity of resources and so there needs to be a high value put on that. And the way that nature works is if you see an apple tree, it just has apples everywhere. 
and there's not just one or two apples. Right. And, right. So the way that Mother Nature works is that there's an abundance of everything and we don't need to hoard our resources or hoard, you know, things from each other or hoard love. And so I think it's really important what you talked about, about healing that relationship, man and woman um, or masculine and feminine or that relationship within or that relationship in the home life to transform the outer world. Because people do not really understand, I think, that um, they're part of this big ecosystem, this biosystem of the world. And if we're not healed in our heart and in our home life and in our uh, internal turmoil, then we project those issues outside and that creates um, a ripple effect as well. And so totally. that, it sounds like you guys are trying to heal that ripple in, or heal that internally so that it creates a, a newer ripple or evolved ripple. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually really the core of what you're describing right now. And if I just go back to the to what you just mentioned, the, the apple tree that just, you know, that, um, that doesn't hold back, <laughs> that doesn't create artificial scarcity in order to have people pay more for the apple than they would if there are enough. If there are a lot of apples. Uh, <laughs> that I mean, apple yeah. tree just likes having apples. <laughs> yeah. And and it gives. It freely gives. And um and there is no calculation. You know, and if I if I compare the, the way how nature gives, how it just puts out I mean sometimes even it seems for us it seems like it's it's even wasting, you know, it's like boom, putting out so much. Um um and if you compare this to the way how we people usually nowadays behave in love we are um, imprisoned in a system of calculation um, and maybe when we grow up as children we are still open-hearted and we we follow our impulses of of love of uh, you know of, of reaching out to people of making contact and um, and after repeated experiences where um, you know where we where we see harshness or or meanness or are punished um you know it's like the it's like an amoeba that ha that has to contract its tentacles because it is it's hit by a by a drop of acetone and so and so um when we come in touch with this with this energy of love um and oftentimes um it is through um erotic um attraction um and, and and contact as soon as we encounter this energy of love we start to calculate and we 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 um we we can open to love only under very controlled um, circumstances where we want to make sure that the experience that we have had in the past where we were walking with this free loving energy this painful experience would never be repeated again, mm -hmm. and so um, and and so there is there is a really fundamental fear um, that is immediately triggered when we are when we are trying to approach the most beautiful promise of this earthly existence, and so this is this is a topic which is usually handled as as something very private. So you um, and and then. Um, as relationships continue, um, as as conflicts become more severe, as um, jealousy breaks out and anger, um, this is something that that um, people deal with one to one, or maybe they go to a therapist. But um, it is it is considered as a private topic, and so the first thing that that we actually say, well, wait a moment, a topic which everybody is um, involved with because we are all you know longing for love and we are and we, almost all of us um, at least the people who are still engaging with this issue are kind of um, are struggling with it such a topic cannot be regarded as a as a private issue only um, as it is so fundamental to the to happiness or pain it is a political topic of, of first priority and so we have kind of we have taken this issue into um into into work as a as a public matter in community and um that's great yeah in order to be able to 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 start to look for where is actually this um the structure that creates so much suffering 
and where can a healing solution lie? And we see that a lot of it has to do um, in the core, you know, many, um, it's, it's actually not so much, many people always ask, um, or, or, um, you know, what is the, what is the kind of lifestyle? Do I have to live um, monogamously or polyamorously or, or what is the way? But actually this is, this is not the first um, issue, but the, but the question really is, am I able to trust uh, in love or am I, am I governed by fear? Am I, am I driven by um, the feeling of, of never getting enough, never being accepted? Um, and so, and actually, um, we, we, or I also see in my in my own experience that so much of what we look for in 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 somebody else in in in, in a partner, where um, expectations are created um, that that then cannot be cannot be held, where um, fight begins, that so much of it has to do with actually having lost. Um, an embedment in a larger social system, let's say in a, in a community, in a tribe. And so that love in order to be healed, first of all, needs to embed it again in, in community, in, um, in a space where, where people really live together in solidarity. And so this is kind of part of, I mean, this is actually the, yeah, it's, it's the main work that we are doing. In, in creating communitarian systems where this kind of transparency, openness, truth is possible again, where um, lovers, um, also when they come to difficult points, do not leave, need to leave each other again because there is a supporting uh, surrounding with them that can, that can work with these issues. So it's, it's creating a system of solidarity for this social lives. I wanted to talk about um, the parallel that you just mentioned between supposed private personal relationship and our greater relationship with the earth, because right. this seems, you know, maybe to the average person completely unrelated. But you actually mentioned something that is just such a parallel and we live it in our daily lives. You talked about jealousy with a partner. You just mentioned it for two seconds. Mm -hmm. But we almost live in our society the way that we live in our personal relationships. And so I think it's very important to make it a public matter, political matter, like you mentioned. For example, um, you know, jealousy stems from not enoughness, feeling that the person's going to leave you, feeling like, you know, basically insecure. And we do that in our capitalist society. We, we don't think that there's enough, you know, even though Mother Nature is so abundant and we're hoarding and keeping resources for ourselves and kind of like you would keep a mate to yourself and say you can't talk to someone else, you can't be with someone else. There's a parallel there between the way we are insecure in our in current relationships or the way we deal with it in our current society and the way we deal with our society as a whole. Absolutely the same thing. Absolutely. And this is and this is very hard for people to see because we are we are so conditioned to this to this fear and to this um, basic belief of um, not having enough and that which we really care for and that which we really love, that this is something that we have to keep uh, for, for ourselves. ourselves. The person's going to leave us. They're going to hurt us. They're going to do something horrible. It's always like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop when really the, the natural order of things, as you said, is abundance, love, caring, giving, not this, you know, it's like we want to take a beautiful flower and just crush it. Right. And it's so amazing. It um, the the root of this word is um, the Latin word privare, which means to steal. So private is something you can steal from the common, from the um, from the community in the end. So it's um, it's, it's very striking uh, for me um, to actually see how this how how much we are we are, we are kind of conditioned by this. And also um, to see that in order to really um, overcome capitalism, which more and more people um, want nowadays, we have to um, dissolve this, the fear um, that underlies um, these behaviors, which, which makes us be, um, behave in a capitalist way. Because if we, if we only transform an economic system without transfor transforming and healing this fear inside ourselves, no matter how you call it, people will want to 
um, keep things for themselves. They don't want to share, um, no matter which ideology they follow. And so this is kind of um, also the work that that we are doing, creating a you know an alternative for a post-capitalist way of life, which kind of comes from inside out rather than being an an imposed external dogma or ideology. Yes, because the cap the capitalistic society is actually based on lack and limitation and fear. You know, you're not going to go out and buy a bunch of shoes you don't need and, and hair products you don't need and beauty products you don't need if you feel healed and whole and complete. You know, it, there's studies directly showing that more purchasing happens when you feel insecure about yourself, that you need this certain product to feel popular or cool. or And these are all external things, image, and they and – the products that you purchase don't fill that hole, like you said. Right. So it has to be inside out. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about free love because Tamara definitely has open, trusting, loving relationships. And um, do you guys refer to this as free love? Or like you said, with monogamy, polyamory, it's just a system of trusting those that you love? I mean, I personally love the term free love. And I'm cautious with it in the public um, conversation because I know how much um, misunderstandings this can cause where people immediately project uh, mass orgies and I don't know what um, are in unreliable relationships on it. But they, they project maybe cheap sex, one night stands, just yeah. having whatever. But what you guys are, are advocating is actually a loving environment, like you mentioned, where people are helping couples or whatever relationship you have um, break through those interpersonal problems. So it's right. not, it's actually responsible love, if exactly. that makes sense. I mean, it is, um, in, it is a very um, sex positive approach. This is for sure. Because um, it is really trying to create a way of life where peace is not a form of like being free of conflict that is imposed from from above, but really as a way of life where you are so much um, living in resonance with your longings and um, your 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 you know what you what you want to live that um, that you have a, um, a positive relation with with people around you and 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 with nature and so and. Um, and so actually the, the work on the love issue is strongly a way um, where, we are where we are trying to see how can we um, really make these uh, the different longings that exist in this area compatible with each other in, in a new system of life. And so there is, uh, for example, there is a strong longing for um, intimacy and partnership where we want to find um, a person or maybe want to find somebody that we can really deeply um, find as a soulmate, you know, have this have this home space. But then there's also a profound um, hope or adventure for for um, erotic openness for, for different contexts. And um, and in a way, the, the culture of free love is, is one where we are trying to see how can how can these longings come together um, and and of course, what is important is that there is no um, there is no law of what kind of what type of relationship somebody has to have. So it's if somebody wants to live in a monogamous form of, um, of relationship, that's totally respected. And if you want to have many partners, this is also respected. What is important is that um, it is there is transparency about it, and honesty that, and openness. Yeah, and that um, that these things um, happen. In a way that they increase the the trust and and whenever you are, are really um, you know able to express uh, um, what you're doing and what you want on a, on a level of authenticity and truth, my experience in the community has been that it's always being supported and this is the guideline and and truth can also change you know there there can be there can be different phases but what is important is that um, that deceit and lying is um, is taken out of love. That um, love partners no longer have to lie to each other because one of them or maybe two of them are attracted to others, and in order to maintain a relationship, need to conceal it um, 
to the partner in order to be able to to keep up this this system of of, of relationship and there is just in this uh, little example there there is so much suffering and uh, and and war small scale war and love that that um, results from a system where where this kind of truth is not possible and so and so a lot is the question how can how can this how can these two longings really come together and a big part of it is really um, is the is the is the place where I, as an um, as an individual with my longings and my um, love, and my partner, where we can find this embedment in a community that we really trust, where we are able to to open ourselves to um, to share instead of creating a fence around our relationship and saying this is something private. Where we don't allow anybody else to look into. It's 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 so much um, the the solution of the so-called personal issues is a matter of how they are how they are embedded in a, in a in a in a in a new social structure. And actually, there have been social science studies that show that um, there is a lot of stress created in the nuclear family that currently exists. Oh, totally. Because, um, you know, previously, as you know, um, humanity, we were living in tribes or small villages or communities. And so maybe I have a need, maybe not a sexual need, but a need to be heard. And I would go to the next hut or I would go to the circle of wise women or whatever. And I would get that need met. And now, because we're living in the nuclear family, I only have my husband to rely on for all of my needs, emotional, physical, sexual, everything. And that's a lot of strain to put on one person. Yeah, It's a huge burden, which, um, I mean, it's clear that he will disappoint <laughs> the expectation if he has to meet <laughs> all these wishes. Yeah, and but, I mean, it's... Uh, and, and it's really tough because... Um, um, because then we 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 put blame on the other instead of seeing that it's not the personal mistake of of the, of the other person that makes this um, this dream of love crumble, but actually a systems error that um, of, of a way of life that that doesn't allow um, these longings to be fulfilled. So this is there is a huge confusion in this in in this area of love, you know, where it's where it's so much about a social revolution in the way we coexist uh, rather than only the solution between two people. And, you know, there's other uh, family structures that are not supported by our current system as well. You know, there's that that famous saying, it takes a village to raise a child because you have that whole community of people, like you said, they're raising the children. and, And instead of just a poor mom and dad who are stressed out of their mind working eight hours. And so um, what you're describing sounds like a much more supportive system for our natural mental and emotional development. Yeah. And if you take this, I mean, just the sentence of the child um, that it takes a village to raise a child. I mean, it's so beautiful. If you watch the children growing up in Tamara, for example, it's the way the freedom with which they are able to move through life because they live in a broader social system where they can relate to a lot of people because the heart of a child is is um is big yeah uh, there's so much uh, possibility of contact and engagement and when this um big heart is narrowed down to to the small social system fix a kind of fixation is developed which is which is not healthy and which will then later repeat itself in unhealthy love relationships where yes where again you try to find everything that you've lost in this one person and so so the, the same curse is repeated and repeated and repeated and then to see how free children can be how non attached they can be um yeah this is really this is really so beautiful it's very important i i just wanted to reiterate that because i don't want people thinking well, you know, is that going to confuse the child because there's all these, you know, parents around and all these, this social system, are they not going to know who's mommy and daddy if they have all these people or what if mommy has another girlfriend that's a lover? But uh-huh. actually, the science says the bigger the family unit, the bigger the social unit, 
um, that is a support system for that child, the healthier they are, not the unhealthy. So like you said, if there's someone who, you know, maybe is in a polyamorous relationship or, or whatever, the child feels more love. You can't get enough love as a kid. (laughs) That's a good thing. You want more love. (laughs) And maybe also just to clarify it, I mean, people often project if, you speak about you know liberation liberation from these kind of narrow bourgeois life structures they they immediately think that uh, uh, what one does is is based on no commitment but actually but actually this is not true because it's a huge commitment it's even yeah, more of a commitment yeah it's a huge commitment and for sure um in tamara the children know who their parents are you know and and still and and this is very important for them to to know that those are like their they are like their home base where they can always return. But then there is um, there are other people that they want to reach out to and where there is the freedom for them to do this, you know. And this is um, it, it's just a different system. And sometimes we um, recommend also people who come visit us um, before you know having all the judgments about what you see. Maybe you should approach uh, this community like as if you were an ethnologist, um, you know, exploring some tribe in the Amazon, for example, <laughs> just assuming that the culture is based on other premises. Well, let's talk about visiting because you guys have a program where people can visit um, and and stay or they. how can people become part of Tamara if they're interested, if they're listening right. and saying, wow, that's really, really cool. There's this little community out there that's trying to create a kind of social, emotional, spiritual new world that works for everyone and is built on trust and love. This sounds awesome. How do I how do I go check it out? <laughs> I mean, we are um, open from April to November usually. Um, so there are all kinds of programs, um, starting from very simple things like helping in the garden um, to introduction weeks to um, ecological trainings. We have um, 10-day love schools. We have one-month community courses. So there are different offers. You can check them out on our website, uh, tamara.org. And I mean, for people who want to really become a member of, of the project or also um, people who are just interested to find out more about um, the research and work we are doing, um, I would I would first of all really recommend to to study the literature. I mean to for example take this new book, um, Terra Nova, or or. And D- Dieter Doom is is the author and he's also the co-founder of Tamara. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and and if these ideas resonate with you on a on a deep level, then then for sure come visit the project, get to know it. I would recommend taking for example the community course which is an in-depth um, one-month um, training that offers you insight into into how we are working also on a social level. And then, um, I mean, we have, uh, it's always kind of a different entrance for every person. There is not, a, there is not a, a unified way of how you become a member of the community. Well, do you guys allow families, like with children, or do children have to be brought up and raised at Tamara? No, no, we, we allow this. And and um, and there are also regularly families step in and and it's a huge thing for a family to kind of trust a community enough to really um, also know that this is the place where their child will grow up and it takes it takes time for people to to really become part of the community because the transition from what we spoke about, a private way of life into a communitarian one is immense. And even if you have a lot of enthusiasm about doing this initially, you will get feedback, um, you know, from... Um, community members. <laughs> from community members, but also by, by your own limitations to to the degree of how much um, um, truth you're already able to bear, um, how much you actually can already live together with people it, it is it it can be quite intense because um, it confronts you also with your own structures of fears, with your how much beliefs, your own dogmas, your own yeah, of how maybe much you, you mm-hmm. think you're open-minded, but once dealing with structures, the new structure, your system kind of overloads, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean you said it, um, or I we, we just had also this key, keyword of feedback. I mean this is something very important in a community that 
um, and it's important for all living systems that want to stay um, healthy and alive that there is constantly feedback between the different individuals. So in society, <clears throat> people can walk around with a very banal, um, difficult character structure <laughs> and, and, and carry it for 60, 70 years simply because they're not being told that they have it. You know, so the, the, so the, the, the mechanism of feedback is destroyed. There is, it hardly takes place. And if we, we speak um, truth to each other, if we tell the other what we actually think about them, uh, people are, are are easily offended, and so in, and, and and what we are trying to do is actually the opposite of of trying to practice as much feedback um, as possible. Of course, trying to do it in a way that it supports the other and doesn't hurt the other, but we are um, we are trying to do this so that we actually know again what we think about each other, so that so that we can trust one another. Because if we don't say what we think, I mean, trust is is something is something shallow and a lot of people um even though they may feel or believe that they're very very open-minded um we all wear masks in this world yeah, yeah and yeah. and like you said you guys are practicing real honesty and um i think what martin was talking about for the listeners who might not understand maybe the lingo is that we have different social structures for example uh, being polite mm-hmm. um, in our society where, like you said, maybe someone's very difficult, but no one tells them because we have this idea of being polite or not hurting people's feelings. Right. And so this person may go, like you said, for 60, 70 years being very, very difficult and thinking that everyone else has a problem, not them. Yeah. And so when you're living in a community where everyone's being genuine and truly honest with each other, you might hear some stuff you don't want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> So, and um, it's also it's also very different. I mean, if you know that you are part of a community where you are <clears throat> that is that is based on mutual support, then it's then you are also you are also more ready to to re- to receive uh, feedback also on on things that that might be not so pleasant for you. Because all the feedback is not to bring people down; it's to raise them up and help them evolve and improve. That that you totally. guys are offering, right, Martin? And it's somehow they of course want to change themselves because they don't want to, um, I don't want to remain the same person as I am, but I want to, I want to free myself from, from the old structures of fear and mistrust and, and all of this speculation in order to face the blind spots in myself because usually, because usually the things that, um, you know, where I'm stuck in, in, in negative patterns are the places that I don't, I'm not even conscious about myself. And so I need others to tell me um, what these structures are and to, to draw my own consciousness to these places. Okay, so uh, so people can come and visit from April to November and try it out. And um, it, and you said that there's an it, it's a different process for everyone to to come into the community. What about leaving the community? You know, is this like a lifetime commitment, or do people come in and out of Tamara depending on you know what their life is telling them to do? I mean, there are people who have lived in the community for 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. So there is um, a lot of continuity. And I mean, for some people, they live in Tamara for a few years and then go on to other places. There are also people who live there for 10 years, you know, go very deep and then see that actually now their life journey can, um, brings them to other places. So there are different um, different ways. And for us, over the last years, it's actually become more and more important to see that beyond this local community, a planetary community wants to arise that really works for this new culture because it is, um, it's is—it's—it's not bound to this one place in Portugal. And so, um, and so it becomes also more flexible where um, I actually live on a, on a, on a, on a local basis. Mm-hmm. So you want, you want people to um, like, like you said, spread their consciousness awareness and, and take what they've learned and, and maybe create something different or create something else or create a, another tomorrow somewhere else. Yeah, this is this is really the this is really the intention and also the I mean part of the reason why we are going now to the this tour book that um, it's really not a niche uh, for a beautiful life for some people, but it's it's really it's it's uh, Tamara is is an experiment 
in the framework of a planetary project that tries to create um, an alternative for um, a new way of life. And in that sense, we are working on a, on a, on a global peace plan called the Healing Biotopes Plan based on, on the creation of, of model centers around the world that can show um, the future of life. And so we, we, um, we invite people that are... Um, that want that want to know um, how to cr how to overcome this current system, and we also invite people um, to create more and more of um, projects around the world, and and that to we can together create a network um, that on more and more places makes visible in what a different way of life we can actually inhabit this planet, creating more and more of such healing biotopes around the world. Well, I wish you so much luck, Martin, with your project and. Um, if anyone is interested, the book is Terra Nova uh, by Dieter Doom, who is one of the founders of t the Tamara Biotope in Portugal. Their website, again, as we mentioned before, Tamara.org, and we'll have that listed on the Out of the Box podcast website. Martin, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been Out of the Box podcast with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, hugmetees.com. Guys, don't forget to check out our website, outoftheboxpodcast.com, and click on the donate button. We're now accepting alternative currency like Litecoins or Bitcoins. And as always, um, I'm on Twitter at FunnyRosie. Follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And please, please, please leave a positive comment on our iTunes. We love positive comments. It helps us get new listeners and spread the word about the podcast. This has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. 